When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's my opportunity on Lincoln Live today to catch up on all things Lincoln, Nebraska through the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. I have the president here. It doesn't get much higher than Jason Ball. Hi there, Jason. Oh, it, it gets much higher than me, I promise you. But uh, th- thank you for having me again. Yeah, Bill. we're going to start with an event that comes up on Friday, a sold-out event, a breakfast, a 2022 Economic Development Breakfast. Yeah. For our good listeners who uh, are not familiar with this type of event, Take us there. Yeah, so th- this is a little bit different than, than in past years. Usually we have this as an update to our uh, program funders and stakeholders in the private sector. And folks may know we're a public-private partnership, so we're funded through both the city um, and then matched one-to-one uh, by the private sector. And we uh, function as the, the unified economic development agent for the entire city of Lincoln and, and our surrounding area. And we, we love doing that work. This year's a little bit different. Um, because we are featuring Alex Perlstein with Broad Ripple Strategies as our keynote speaker. We've hired uh, Broad Ripple Strategies to um, do a community-wide strategic plan for us, an organization-wide strategic plan. So we win together, and the Chamber is a big, big program. We need to uh, partner with uh, private sector developers. We partner with uh, private sector businesses. We work with uh, all of our education partners in town. We work with many of our other community and, and community benefit organizations um, to help solve community problems, all with the idea that a healthy, robust community is going to be a growing economy that's going to draw more people here to, to work in it and, and provide more economic opportunity for all of our residents and businesses that are, are here. Um, and so it's time for us to take a step back and reevaluate a strategic plan. I'm still a new leader to the chamber. I'm less than one year in still. Um, we're, we're fully emerged out of the, the COVID uh, shutdowns and masking issues that we've been having. And so we're, we're excited to look forward. And I think most importantly, um, you know, most of the 10 pillars of the 2015 vision group that folks may recall going back several years now, most of that work has been accomplished. And so we're at an inflection point in Lincoln's history. We're so excited to get to this breakfast and start off the conversation that's going to last the next six months for us. So the intent of a strategic plan as opposed to establishing pillars or f- identifying problems is that there are benchmarks or there are time frames or there are accomplishment moments within a strategic plan that differentiate it from other types of future looking idea? I, uh, I would characterize it as, as this. Some of it will be identifying new initiatives to go out and, and, and try to accomplish. 
um, some of it will be priority setting amongst competing issues. So let me let me give you an example. We've got the South Beltway in. We need to find ways to allocate uh, resources to put in the last mile infrastructure so uh, developers and businesses can 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 uh, build houses, put up businesses, so we can have more to market in our growing economy, so that the community can benefit from the substantial investment that we put in in, in putting a South Beltway in. Right now. We also know we have this uh, concern about, say, second source of water uh, that the, the mayor has kicked off with her, um, her second source of water committee that, that she's looking at. That also will require a, a big investment. Both of those require the voice of the business community to chime in on. And so part of this strategic plan is setting uh, priorities because we can only spend that dollar once, right? How are we going to fund these projects and how are we going to prioritize between them? Now, I don't know if those are necessarily necessarily competing. I'm kind of making that up as an example as I go. But those are two uh, very active and specific conversations uh, that we are having now. And if I can, um, I want to share with the audience that's listening, um, you can have a voice in this immediately. Um, just this week, we have launched, it is live on the Chamber's landing page, um, if, if you look for uh, economic survey on our landing page at lcoc.com, you can participate in, in a survey that's open to the public. We would love it. You don't have to be a uh, chamber mes member or an LPED investor. You don't have to run or own a business. Uh, if you're a student in high school or college right now, you, we are welcoming you to take that survey. It is open to any and all that want to take it. Again, you can find it today on lcoc.com on our landing page. There's three boxes there on the main landing page, and, and one of them is economic survey. Just want to encourage everyone, please take a moment to do it. It's a short survey. It should take like 10 minutes or less. So everybody from soccer moms to handyman dads and everybody in between, that, as you pointed out, don't have to be a business owner, don't have yep. to be an entrepreneur. You have a place to go on that survey. Please make your voice okay. heard. This is our best way to cast the widest net to uh, allow people to have uh, some, some input on this process. LCOC.com for that survey. All right, Jason Ball with me, president of the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, always looking to recruit more uh, exciting minds to the chamber. And the Young Lincoln Leader Award is a an event that uh, draws attention to and rewards those who are uh, young and business-minded. Yeah, um, so, so Lincoln Chamber, several years ago, I'm going to say right around 2007, um, launched the, the Young Professionals Group. And this was a way to engage early career professionals um, who were looking for ways to get involved in the community but didn't feel like they had a landing space to do that. And we were getting a lot of feedback all the way back at that time saying, you know, look, I'm, you know, I don't own my business. I'm not a manager uh, for what I do. Um, I don't have any way to engage in this community. And so they, they launched the, the Lincoln YPG. Young Professionals Group is now one of the largest in the, in the nation. Um, it's, it's one of the most robust programs. It's a very, very active group. Um, and one of the things that we do uh, every year, and this is a new type of program that, that we have added, um, is our Young Lincoln Leader Awards. So they call them the YLAs, the Y-L-L-A, Young Lincoln Leader Awards. Um, and that is an open nomination process uh, to folks that are working with young early career professionals, and we define that as under 40-ish. Um, 
no one's checking actual birth dates, I don't think. But, um, uh, you know, we define that as earlier career, career professionals that are making an impact in their community. And we have seven different awards uh, that people can nominate folks for. I won't read them all. Uh, they can go to the website. Again, that's going to be at lincolnypg.com and look for YLLA Awards or Young Lincoln Leader Awards. Um, but it's Young Professional of the Year, uh, Young Nonprofit Professional of the Year, Young Citizen of the Year, Emerging Leader of the Year. And each of these have different descriptions and different target uh, activities that they want to highlight. It's a really great program. Um, you know, p past award winners of, of similar uh, similar uh, uh, type of awards that we've given for our under 40 folks have, have gone on to run for office or are serving in elective office right now. They are uh, company managers or company owners. They are making an impact on several boards. And so uh, it's just a it's a great program that the, the YPG Council puts on. And we're, we're thrilled to be working with them as part of the chamber. It's always beneficial and rewarding to be recognized early on in whatever efforts you're doing. And we know having these type of engagement programs and recognition opportunities um, helps make Lincoln a sticky place for, mm. for those people. Um, right now, as everyone knows, it is really easy to find jobs in other places and, and, and go there. Um, you know, I think Lincoln is an amazing place to get to, to work and live and, and establish so much so that I came back uh, from Austin to, to be here. Um, but, but for other folks, especially folks that are earlier in their career that are looking for, for growth, um, you know, leaving can be all too easy in this environment right now. And, and I'll tell you what, if they've got a place to go where they're networked with their friends or a place to expand their network and grow in their career, um, where they can get engaged in philanthropy or public policy through YPG, um, it, it just makes it a lot harder for that person to go, you know what? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather stay here. It makes them harder for him to leave. Chamber President Jason Ball for the conversation here on Lincoln Live. It's it's tough to get all of Nebraska's congressional delegation all in one place, but the, <laughs> you've managed to do that. I'm not sure if all of them will be there, some, most, but Nebraska's uh, federal uh, delegation showing up in August at Strategic Air Command for a discussion with chamber folks yeah uh, so this this program's a fun one this goes back to folks will remember the 2008-2009 economic downturn um, and uh, prior to that the chamber had a very active program of flying a group of folks out to washington dc um, and that year the the decision was made for i think all the appropriate reasons that's not going to work right it wasn't a good year to to pay a lot of money for flying people around when there was so much economic um, concern and consternation at that time, sort of like there is right now. Um, and so the, the concept was developed, uh, you know, with the Lincoln Chamber, um, and then we pulled in the State Chamber, the Omaha Chamber, and the Bellevue Chamber um, in partnership at that time and, and said, look, what if we got all of the relevant state delegation uh, back? So we have our, our, our congressmen, two congressmen, and our uh, two senators uh, come and talk, and that has been a tradition that has stayed. And so we, we are doing this this year in partner with the Omaha Chamber and the uh, Nebraska State Chamber of Commerce. We work with them a lot on uh, federal and state issues already anyway. It's a very natural partnership for us to have. And uh, we, we bring back um, both of our senators and, and our congressmen from, from both cities and, and are able to just let them interact with folks. And we're super excited about our, our speaker, who is Clayton Anderson. Um, Ashland native astronaut 
who is now the executive director for the Strategic Air Command and Space Museum, uh, which is where the event will be held on, on August 25th. So we're super excited about what that's going to be and mean. Um, tickets for that event, I believe, are still available on any of the organization websites I mentioned. Listen, folks, if you've not heard Clay speak, it's worth the price of admission. <laughs> He's such a great guy. Had him on uh Months or month or so ago, yeah, on this show, yeah. and uh, such a great, easy guy to talk to. All right, enough time to talk about Lincoln's second water source. I've had a conversation with the mayor. Yeah, he's pushing it. the The chair of the chamber, excuse me, the chair of the city council, had a conversation about Lincoln's second water supply. Tell me the view from the chamber uh, perspective about uh, the need for a second water source for Lincoln. Yeah, you bet. And and I want to say this without causing anyone that might be listening to panic, but we need to be thinking about a secondary water source because, as we saw during the flooding in 2017, um, uh, that can be threatened under certain flood conditions. And then on top of that, as the city grows, we just need more water. And that's the part that I'm really looking at. Now, your water, your tap's still going to turn on if you go there tomorrow to do it. But 25 years from now, um, we may get fully allocated out of that resource. And if that happens, um, then we've got some real difficult decisions to make. And basically what happens is you can't build another home. You can't add another business. Like, things grind to a halt pretty fast. But we have the gift of time. From the business community, obviously, we are working with businesses that want to grow and expand here right now that have water needs. And when I say business has water needs, Sometimes it's just drinking fountain, right, for, for employees and the, and the kitchen services and bathroom services that their, their team needs. And that's great, but it does add more water. Sometimes it's much more than that. If a business has any sort of um, <clears throat> water-based cooling uh, going on in that business and, and we're trying to work with them to recycle water, that's a much more common thing now for those types of purposes. But that needs water. Some businesses are using water in their process directly that cannot be recycled. It's not for cooling. It's for um, adding water into certain mixtures or um, processes that they're using. And so from a business standpoint, it's absolutely critical that, that we uh, engage in the process. We commend the mayor and the city council for entering into this process. The chamber uh, worked hard with partners in the legislature to secure $20 million dollars um, through ARPA funds to fund this project. And then now uh, Todd Wiltgen, who is our policy specialist uh, with the chamber, is representing the entire business community through the mayor's uh, task force process. Hey, and we need water too, folks. Just the <clears throat> common Joes out there because <laughs> the city is approaching 300,000. We're at a time where it's been hundred, close to 100 degrees all yeah, yeah. week long. Yeah. And so we don't want to have to start rationing water on, off, on, off, on, off days. Yep. So. And again, for anyone listening, we're a long ways from now, that. But we, but we, we need are. to start talking about it now. Yeah. Jason, thank you for catching up. You need to head on to your next meeting. Jason Ball joining me from the chamber on Lincoln Live.